0: Uh, I'm expecting people to come tonight and uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and uh, I believe uh, together we're going to have a great time, amen, because this church, seed has been sown from this pulpit, it's been watered, so why not have harvest, amen, if you sow seed and water seed, harvest has got to come, amen, so I'm believing great things to happen in your life, uh, and that seed uh, that has been planted in your heart, it's going to bring forth fruit this week, do we believe that? Praise God. Colossians 3 and 2, very quickly, everybody turn there. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 2, the Word of God says, Set your affection on things above, everybody say higher things. things. Not on things on the earth. Let's all read it off the screen together. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Praise God. Everybody say higher things one more time. Praise God. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. We declare that this is the place of freedom. Lord, I pray that Your Word will penetrate every heart. And we mix the Word today with faith, knowing that is an explosive combination. We're asking, Lord, that You do things that are beyond uh, our ability. Lord, uh, that that You will be lifted up, that all men might be drawn unto You. Lord, I pray that You'd make it hot in here today, uh, that conviction would come. Lord, that uh, we thank you for conviction, Lord, for it brings us back to God. And it uh, uh, brings us back to our Maker. And we are believing, Lord, that nobody will leave here unchanged by the glorious gospel. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. When I was a boy, I grew up in church, and I remember my dad, who is a Pentecostal preacher, I think he's starting his 62nd year of ministry, and uh, I will tell you, he used to say, well, those people are too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. Well, I don't know, but I haven't seen anybody like that for a long time. That we have people that are too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. We have our affection set on the things of this earth. And the Bible would say that we are not to become too attached to that which is temporary. Everything that you can see, I believe God wants you to have a victorious life in this temporary world. But this is temporary. And I believe we need to set our affection on higher things today. And I, uh, back in the fall, I went to a couple of funerals. Now, I do not like to go to funerals. I go out of respect. I think you ought to show love while people are living. But I had to go to a couple of funerals. Uh, a pastor friend of mine, his wife, died in a car accident. And then I went to another uh, uh, funeral just a couple of weeks later. Uh, one of my daughter's classmates... Uh, was killed in a car accident it was a tragedy and I went to both of these funerals and I'm an evangelist so I don't preach funerals I don't bury you marry you are you understanding me don't call me to come to the hospital I won't be here that's why you need a pastor somebody say amen to that so I don't go to a lot of funerals and I, I hadn't been in a while and I thank God for that I don't really want to go and uh I'm there out of respect but I noticed something that when they preached the uh, uh pastor's wife funeral that the person preaching said we all know where she went. And I knew she was a godly woman and I I know that she went to heaven but I thought I looked around that room and I thought there was a lot of people that didn't know where she really went. Then I went to that funeral for the little boy, and uh, although the little boy, I knew his background. He'd been asked that uh, uh, summer to be baptized in water because he'd given his heart to the Lord Jesus, and he understood uh, what was being done. and And he kind of went on a little thing where he wanted to be a preacher for a while. And I knew where he went, but I noticed they didn't say anything about heaven in either funeral. I thought that was a little strange. Then one of my friends, that pastors, he told me that he went to the funeral home where he was asked to preach a funeral for somebody he didn't know. And uh, uh, he came in carrying his Bible and the funeral director said, we don't do sermons anymore about heaven. All we do is eulogize people. And I thought about that a little bit. Well, you know, I think it's nice to hear about Aunt Susie. She made nice cheesecake. And I think it's real nice to hear about Uncle Joe. He kept his car spotless and the garage looked nice. But how many know those things really don't matter in eternity? Are you hearing me today? That we are to set our affection on things above. And I wonder why we don't talk about heaven and we don't have our minds set upon heaven anymore. I'm going to play for you a song uh, uh, today that is the gospel, and it's not the gospel of John the Revelator or John the Apostle, but John uh, uh, Lennon, and it's an older song, but I think that, that the philosophy has creeped into the world today. I want you to hear it for a moment. You've all heard that song, unless you live in a cave somewhere, and it's older, I realize, I know that's not a new song, but I realize that when we hear that song, we think that it was ridiculous, but somehow that's creeped into our philosophy that there is no heaven. Imagine there's no heaven and, and uh, no hell below that us, and you know what, when I hear that, I don't want to live like that, because I realize what the Bible says about both. And I don't want to live just for myself and live like there is no heaven. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I think the only people that would want to live like there is no heaven have not read the Bible. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse number 23, Paul said, I am a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better He described heaven as a place that's far better. Now, I don't know about you, but this earth at times is full of heartache, pain, and suffering. Why would I not want to believe in a place that is far better? Are you understanding me? This earth is the only hell a saved person will ever know, and this earth is the only heaven an unsaved person will ever know. So, if you're not going to serve God, this is as good as it ever gets. But if you will serve the Lord Jesus, you have abundant life now and victory now in heaven too. Amen? He said it was far better. Jesus Himself in the book of John, the 14th chapter. In John 14, He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Now, why would I not want to believe in a place where there's a house with many mansions? Why would I not want to believe that? Jesus said it Himself, and if He said it, we've got to believe it. If He said it, it must be true. We go over to the book of Hebrews. We find a more description, a little bit more description of heaven in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 10 said, He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 16, But now they desire a better country that is heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. We find here the description of heaven is, it's a country and it's a city. Now, in my family, my wife, she grew up in the Detroit area. She loves the city. I grew up in the country, if you can't tell by the way I talk. But I grew up in the country and, you know, sometimes I just like to go back to the country. It's no problem. I live in the city now. But I'm going to tell you, if heaven was just the country, my wife wouldn't want to go there. But how many know whether you like the city or the country, heaven's the place for you. That's what the Bible says. And then we find in Luke 23 and verse 43, when Jesus was on the cross... He was uh, there on the cross between the thieves and he said, uh, Today you will be with me in paradise. Now, I don't understand why we wouldn't want to go to a place called paradise. I don't understand why we don't want to go to somewhere that is far better. And I don't understand why uh, we would like to live like there is no heaven. And why we're not talking about it anymore in church. It motivates me to live for God now, because I know there's something better. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 9. I'm reading Scripture pretty quick, but we're going to go somewhere here in just a moment. It says, As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. When we think about heaven, I don't know what your mind goes to, but I think about beautiful flowers... I think about lovely aromas, and I think about uh, uh, the vivid colors and uh, the beautiful music that will be played there, and and I think about heaven uh, is a place where that which is imperfect will be made whole. In February, I went to a special needs home in Columbia. And uh, it was something that moved me beyond a, a, a lot of things I've ever been moved by in my life. These people were uh, put outcasts of society, thrust out of their families, because sometimes in some cultures it's embarrassing to have a child that has all these problems. And I thought, you know, I would have liked to gone in there and, and uh, been able to raise everybody up and change their life, but I know that I have some limitations. But when we go to heaven, all limitations are gone. Are you hearing me? And that which is imperfect will be made whole. And yet we think about what heaven will be like. We think about, uh, we used to say there will be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no parting over there. And we think about our loved ones that's gone on to be with Jesus that had faith in Christ. And we think about how wonderful it will be Whatever it's going to be like, you're going to have to multiply the ecstasy times a million. And it would still be far from an accurate description of what heaven will be like. What God has prepared for those that love Him. Why would we want to do without that? I want you to go to Revelation chapter 21. In verse 16, I want to read a little description of what heaven will be like. It said, And the city lies four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits, according to the measure of man, that is of the angel. And the building of the wall... Of It was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth the topaz, the tenth the chrysoprasis, the eleventh adjacent, the twelfth an amethyst, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. And every gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. Now heaven's going to have a lot of bling. And if gold doesn't mean gold, and pearly gates don't mean pearly gates, and jasper doesn't mean jasper, then the Bible has nothing accurate or reliable to go on. But I say, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. This word will not return void. Do we believe that? Verse number 22, he said, I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations, everybody say nations. Of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, that leads me to this question today. Do all roads lead to heaven? In politically correct America, which I am far from it, so if I push the wrong button today, I haven't been to sensitivity training. The question is, do all roads lead to heaven? In America today, people are saying that all religions have their way to God. That sounds wonderful. I want everybody to get to God. I want everybody to go to heaven. But do all roads lead to heaven? You think about that a little bit. Let's play that logic out a little bit. If all religions have their way to God, what about the church of Satan? It's a church. What about the crazy cults that drink their Kool-Aid and jump in the spaceship? if everybody has their way to get to God, let's follow that logic out. I realize that this may be a crazy question to ask, but I think we need to hit upon it a little bit more. After watching uh, the memorial service three years ago of the crazy young man that shot up his friends and colleagues and, and people at Virginia Tech, I watched that and I realized America... Has got some issues. They had a Muslim man get up and he began to talk at that memorial service and he read out of the Quran. Then they had a Buddhist get up, it was a lady, and she quoted the Dalai Lama and she said, uh, You know, we were all born into this world with a good nature. I looked at my screen of the TV and I said, Liar, liar, pants on fire. I figured that was a woman, or the Dalai Lama, she quoted, probably has never had any children. (laughs) Whatever. Then the Jewish lady got up, and she read out of the book of Ecclesiastes. I thought, we're getting somewhere now. But she uh, read something taken out of context. And it sounded more like a song written in the late 60s and 70s by the birds uh, to everything there is a time and a season. Then a man that got up, he was Lutheran, which we'd be the closest related to him. He got up and I thought he'd give us some comfort out of the word of God. And he said, Well, in a time like this, this is bigger than any faith community. He chose not to read out of the Bible. He said, we must come together in a time like this. This is the kind of thing that is creeping in, not only in our hearts, but in the pulpits in America. Do all roads lead to heaven? Let me answer this way. Matthew 7 and 13. Enter you in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No exceptions. No exceptions. Nobody can get to the Father but through Jesus. Now, I read to you out of 1 Timothy 2 and 5. The Word of God says, For there is one God and one mediator uh, between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. When I was... Uh, my daughter was just two years old. Sally, she's 14 now, but I'd have her point at me. She's a little. I can still see her. And she'd point at me and say, Daddy, you the man. I taught her to do that. And then my wife ruined it. She'd point at me and say, Daddy, you're the man, but Mama's the boss. So I didn't want to hear that anymore. But as much as I like to be the man today, are you hearing me? There's only one the man. There's a lot of men here today, but there's only one the man. It is the man, Jesus Christ. And you can't get to God through any other way but through Jesus Christ. And yet in America, a recent survey was given that only one out of 120 people think that when they die, they will not go to heaven. Only one out of 120. I could go to 7-Eleven or Walmart down the street and in five minutes find more than one person that will not be going to heaven. Because number one, they should be in church this morning. I'm preaching better than your amen, and you're here. I still believe saved people ought to come to church. Come on. But yet only one out of 120 in America thinks when he dies he will not go to hell, but he will go to heaven. Well, the Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, the world can think what they want, but I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Earth has its standards. Heaven has different standards. If you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to have to live different and love different and act different and talk different and give different. We cannot be conformed to this world. I'm going to read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in him and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty." When I read a scripture like that, I have some people say, well, you're kind of old-fashioned. I say, no, I'm just Bible. You can call me old-fashioned if you want, but I can't get away from speaking the truth today. It's just Bible today. I read in my Bible some things that are tough to receive at times, but we've got to speak them or people will perish. All men might go to heaven, but all men will not go to heaven. That's the truth. All men could go to heaven, but all men will not go to heaven. And I've never been to a funeral ever in my life where they said the person that died went to hell. I think that'd be inappropriate. But a lot of times the person lived like the devil and somehow... I don't recognize who the preacher's talking about. In times like that, I'm thinking, I'm glad I'm not a pastor. Revelation 21 and 8 gives a list of those who could go to heaven but will not. It says, the fearful, unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We could go down the list and explain what all those mean, but we will not. But I like the word there. They added all liars, not just some liars. Not just those that tell... Big whoppers. See, we think because we tell a white lie. How I many no, God's not impressed with the color of your lying. We read that list. We have the word fearful there. And I, I may touch on that for a moment. We think, well, fearful, what does that mean? You know, there are people that come to this church when Pastor Benson gives an invitation... They should come to the altar and give their heart to Christ. They should respond to the invitation, but they will not because they're afraid of what other people think. They're already on the list. But when we read that list, it's a pretty tough list, but yet pretty much every star whom we applaud in America who has blatantly committed a majority of these crimes... When they die, we immortalize them and say they are in heaven. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin separates us, and we are not granted automatic access into His presence. In Romans 6 and 23 it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All sin leads to death because it disqualifies us from living with God. And just because you do lesser sins does not mean you deserve eternal life. I know this isn't a shouting message. I hope to have one later this week. But I ask another question before I close. Do sinners go to heaven? You know, the world has no problem. They know sinners go to hell. But in church, we have a, something going on here. Now we think sinners go to heaven. Just because somebody tells you that, you need to back it up with the word. Whatever somebody tells you, back it up with the word. Do sinners go to heaven? You know, people go, well, what about somebody that died, and right before they died, the last word they did was a cuss word. What about them? I don't know. I hope for the mercy of God. I hope uh, everybody goes to heaven, but I want to live more like... Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And if that's in your heart, I, I can't guarantee you that you're going to heaven. And I don't understand why we used to come to the altar and we'd repent. And repent means that we used to smoke dope. We come to Jesus now, we flush it down the toilet and we don't do that anymore. We used to get drunk, we come to the altar, we repent, we don't do that anymore. We used to uh, uh, do things that were crazy, but we came to Christ and old things pass away and all things become new. Not just Jesus added to all of our sin and we remain the same. I don't understand that. My life has been changed. I was a mess. I was the preacher's son everybody talked about. But when Jesus came into my heart... Now my friends, I get on Facebook and some of my old friends from high school are hooking up with me and they and the first thing out of their mouth is a four letter word. You're a preacher. They're shocked. But what happens? I went that way, but now I go this way. It was a change in my life. Do sinners go to heaven? The Bible says, wages of sin is death. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming down the road, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. If sin were no big deal, Jesus did not need to come. And I'll use a scripture that says, he that commits sin is of his father the devil. I don't know what you think about sin, but you can understand what I think. If sinners go to heaven... They would jackhammer the streets of gold. They'd steal the pearly gates. They'd take the jasper from the wall. It would be just like the earth. Are you hearing me? The Bible says it's far better. That sounds like we'd have to lock up stuff in heaven. We'd have to have an alarm system that only uh, uh, St. Peter and Jesus knew the code. Philippians 3 and 20 says our conversation is in heaven or our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In my bag in pastor's office, I have my passport And when I go through customs, uh, I I am glad to have my passport uh, that says I'm from the United States of America. But I am going to tell you something. Greater than being a citizen of this nation, I am from a heavenly nation. And I'm going to tell you, that hooks me up to people from all over the world. The love of God is in my heart for people everywhere. That's what heaven will be like. I close with this verse, Revelation 21. Verse 27. We read it once, let's read it again. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or makes a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. A book is kept of the names of heaven's citizens. When I go through customs, and I run my thing, and the the guy at the, the custom agent slides my passport. My name's in the computer. Are you understanding me? And they go, why have you gone to such a crazy country at times? You know, when they go to Muslim nations, they don't understand why I would go. But my name is in that computer, but greater than being in the Homeland Security's computer, or greater than being in New Bethel's computer because you are a member or you tithe. A book is kept of the names of heaven's citizens. And each name represents one who has been blood washed and cleansed by Jesus. I ask you, is your name in that book? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life?
1: Is your heart there?
0: You know what? Jesus is there. Today, everyone sitting around you is either going to heaven or hell. That is the truth. This is the easiest message I can preach today. It boils down to heaven or hell. People are either dying and going to heaven or they're dying and going to hell. What about you? Some people say, well, I'm not really sure. Today you can be sure. The Bible says in 1 John 5 and 13, you can know you have eternal life. Romans 8 says you can know you're a child of God. Luke 10 says you can know your name is written in heaven. But some here will not make a decision to serve Christ. Some are here and you'll walk out and say, well, some other time, too big a price to pay. And you won't give your life to God. I wonder how many people have come to New Bethel and walked out and went into eternity and went to hell. And in hell today they're thinking, I almost made it to heaven. I wonder how many people in churches in America have walked out without accepting Christ. And in hell today they say, I almost made it to heaven. How many know almost? Think about almost. Almost. I almost got the job. I almost made the winning shot. I I almost got an A. I, I almost got the part in the play. The almost of life. Almost. Can you almost make it to heaven? I quote Spurgeon. He said, there was a man who was almost saved in a fire, but he was burned. There was another almost healed of disease, but he died. And there was one who was almost reprieved, but he was hanged. And there are many in hell who were almost saved. Almost. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I'd like every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed. And I want you to take inventory of your life. I want you to check yourself. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Just get ready to play, but don't play anything until I give you the signal here. Heads are bowed, eyes are still closed. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Do you have sin in your life? Sin separates you from God. Some of you are here and say, Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm 98 or 99% sure that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'd say if you're only 98 or 99% sure, you're 100% lost. Today you can have assurance. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask a little backwards today, so I want you to listen to me. I know at times in the altar service we tune out, but I want you to pay very close attention because I'm going to do it a little backwards. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many in this building would say, Preacher? I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm 100% sure my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If I died, I'd go to heaven right now. Would you lift up your hand in this building right now? Just leave them up for a moment. If you're not sure, don't raise your hand. There's no reason to, uh, to lie at an altar call. You can put your hands down. Now what I saw, God already knows. He knows those that are His. He knows those that He has to put in the Lamb's book of life. He knows those. He knows where you stand. He knows your heart. In every section, there were people, many, many people that raised their hand. But there were people in every section that could not, for whatever reason. As our worship leader begins to play something appropriate, I ask those of you that are here, that could not...